0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Peter Rabbit in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky When the sun is high We sail the length of the seas On the ocean breeze At night we name every star We know where we are We know who we are Who we are This is the... I don't know, I guess it's not the newest film out, but it's one of the newest films out. It debuted last weekend with Fifty Shades Freed, among other things, and did pretty well. Uh, It was actually best performer uh, in Fantasy Movie League over the weekend, so if you had a few screens of that, you didn't do too bad, and we'll get into that uh, toward the end of this episode. But for now, uh, we're just gonna go in, uh, you know. There's quite a handful of voice roles in this movie, and I was gonna use those as reason to talk about the statistics of this film, Peter Rabbit, which I kind of liked. It's, I mean, there's an easy comparison to draw between Peter Rabbit and Paddington Two, and don't get me wrong, Paddington Two is the far superior film, but Peter Rabbit was fun. It had a lot of joy it was very energetic um, the talent was all quite strong as far as acting and voice and you know it just it was just fun to watch it, it, it just it kind of did exactly what you needed it to do it wasn't just for the kids it had plenty of adult types of references and things like that and uh, it worked for me it really did So, let's jump into the statistics. Peter Rabbit is... um, I saw it February 10th, 2018. Uh, I clocked it at 92 minutes in runtime. It is a 2018 film, and my summary is... Rabbit versus Farmer's Great Nephew, who isn't actually a farmer. That's about right. I gave it a 62... Uh, which is fairly high. Um, for reference, it is almost twice as well. That's kind of stretching, but it's like it's 24 points higher than the next highest movie that's come out so far this year. Uh, it has a tomato meter score of 58. Last time I checked, which is barely the highest tomato meter score of any film from this year, as of right now. Peter Rabbit. Moving on to director. Peter Rabbit was directed by Will Gluck. This is the fourth film credit I have for Will Gluck as a director and it improved his average film rating to a 58 even. It is his only film rated in the 60s and ranks as his third best film overall, coming in behind Friends with Benefits and ahead of the much maligned Annie. It's a shame. I really wanted that to be good. Uh, it improves his film value to a 1 and his for overall score to a 39.67, which puts him ranked 401st, uh, which isn't too bad when it's out of 2,800 people. Uh, which puts him one spot behind Barry Cook, who is the director of Mulan, Arthur Christmas, but also Walking with Dinosaurs, and one spot ahead of David McKenzie, who directed Hell or High Water, Startup. Uh, and Perfect Sense. The writers for Peter Rabbit include Rob Lieber and Beatrix Potter, who, this is each of their first film credits. As a writer, they have an average film rating of 62, one film rating in the 60s, their only film, their best film, and it is a value of 0.5 with a score of 21.17. They are ranked 3,136th, along with tons of other people that i won't really get into but they're not the only ones uh with a writing credit you also have will gluck director writer this is his second film credit and improves his average film rating to a 38 even it is his only film rating in the 60s and best film uh, above annie annie his film value is a negative 1.5 and his score is a 17.5 overall, ranking him 3,799th, tied with a couple of other people, including Luke Davies, Oscar-nominated writer for Lion last year, and Mark Andrus, uh, Oscar-nominated writer for As Good As It Gets. Moving on to acting. The actors and the players in this film include... Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. This is his 26th film credit. And, and it drops his average film rating to a 71.81. It is his 4th film right in the 60s and 20th best film overall. Coming in behind the YA adaption Never Let Me Go. And ahead of Corduroy, which is a, sh- a short film. Uh, he plays the uh, Peter McGregor's nephew, great-nephew. Uh, role, if you've seen the trailer. He is the city boy who is now out uh, fish out of water, basically, and constantly at odds with Peter Rabbit. And uh, he is, he's good. He's pretty good in it, you know? he He's basically steering into the sort of pratfalliness of his General Hux character, in Last Jedi, in a film that kind of utilizes it a little bit better, in most ways, uh, yeah, so it improves his film value to a 23, his score to an 89.68, and, uh, he's ranked 8th overall, out of every actor, he's number 8, one spot behind Philip Seymour Hoffman, and one spot ahead of Brad Pitt, and that's kind of insane, you know, he... Is the youngest person. Um, let me see. Going down here. He is. Quite easily the youngest person. In the top 50. Right now. By a margin. A significant margin. And. Uh, he's. Um, he's good. He's really good. He has three bad movies right now. Unbroken. Dog Year, and Stars, one of which is a short film. Moving on, number two, the next person is uh, Sam Neill, who plays the uh, original Farmer McGregor early on in the film, who soon dies, about five minutes in. Uh, This is his 19th film credit, and it drops his average film rating to a 64.37. It is his only film rated in the 60s, and 11th best film overall, behind A Cry in the Dark, And ahead of escape plan it improves his film value to a 9 and his score to a 67.24 which ranks him 238th one spot behind James Garner and one spot ahead of Jeremy Davies Sam Neill's fine you know he gets like two scenes maybe and uh, he kind of just choose the scenery choose the scenery That's all you need next is David Wenham this is his 13th film credit and improves his, drops his average film rating to a 63.38. It is his third film rating in the 60s, and eighth best movie overall, behind 300, and ahead of Lion. It improves his film value to a 4.5, and his overall score to a 59.43, which ranks him 603rd overall, behind Mackenzie Crook, and ahead of Jane Addams. David Wenham, if you might rec- remember Faramir, From Lord of the Rings. He has a very, very tiny role in the movie. And I might not even be credited, really. Uh, But he played, at one point, uh, Peter and... Who's his friend? Peter and Benjamin? Yeah, Peter and Benjamin. Um go to the city, go to London, and they're greeted by a town mouse. And he is voiced by David Wenham. The more you know. Next up is uh, the Star Wars princess herself, Daisy Ridley. This is her sixth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 64.5. It is her only film the 60s and third best film overall, coming in behind The Force Awakens and ahead of Murder on the Orient Express. She improves her film value to a 2.5 and, and her score to a 50.88. She is ranked 1,327th overall, one spot behind Patricia Neal, and one spot ahead of Dree Hemingway. She voices the character of Cottontail, who is one of the three sisters to Peter Rabbit. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, when two of the three sisters are named Flopsy and Mopsy, you do actually come away from the film with a pretty good distinction between the three of them, besides the color of clothing they wear. And Daisy Ridley is far and away the most violent of the three. I believe I have that right. Um, Cottontail. Peter Rabbit. Because... uh, She's think so because so, so there's three of them right and two of them are kind of constantly fighting over uh, who is the oldest they're triplets so I mean irrelevant but uh, two of them are constantly at odds over which one is older whereas Daisy Ridley voices Cottontail who is kind of bloodthirsty uh, it's it's very odd but great and she does a fantastic job she might have a th- she might have a talent for voice acting I don't know guys uh, next is Margot Robbie Robbie, this is her 13th film credit and improves average film rating to a 56.54 as her second film rating in the 60s and sixth best movie overall behind focus starring Will Smith and ahead of whiskey tango foxtrot Starring Liz Lemon. Uh, It improves her film value to a 1. Her score to a 50 even. And her rank to 1,405. Which is tied with a bunch of other people. um, Including John Malkovich. And Joe Van Fleet. Among others. And Margot Robbie is the voice of Flopsy. One of the other uh, sisters to Peter Rabbit. As well as the narrator of the film. We ultimately find out. And she's really good in this too is she I don't know I- I'm surprised that you know Margot Robbie, Daisy Ridley and the third voice of the sister were all uh, cast for these things but they were and it really worked out actually I think having such talented voice actors well not talented voice actors but like talented actors behind these characters helped distinguish them when They otherwise would be lost to being identical. And the third sister is voiced by Elizabeth Debicki. This is her eighth film credit that I've seen, and improves her average film rating to a 54.5. It is her third film rated in the 60s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind The Man from UNCLE and ahead of The Great Gatsby. Elizabeth Debicki has a film value of negative 1.5 and a score of 42.1, which ranks her 2,351st behind Michael Sheen and head of Vanessa Branch. And Elizabeth Debicki is the voice of Mopsy, the third sister. Next up is Rose Byrne. This is her 24th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 50.63. Is her sixth film rating in the 60s and... Is her 11th best movie overall. Just behind Troy. Just ahead of Get Him to the Greek. She has a film value of negative 5. And a score of 41.73. Which puts her behind. A group of people. Including Anthony Rapp. And ahead of Ray Stevenson. Rose Byrne. Plays B. As well as the voice of Jemima Puddle Duck. And. She is the. Love interest slash. Um, I don't know. Character that Peter Rabbit and uh, Thomas McGregor, played by Donald Gleason, are battling for her attention, and she starts out favoring them both, and things escalate. And she's really good in this too. Uh, there's, I don't know. Uh, she she has a knack for comedy. She really does. Next up is the lead character, the titular Peter Rabbit, the voice of James Corden. This is his 12th film credit and improves his average rating to a 46.08. He It is his third film rate in the 60s and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind his role in Into the Woods and ahead of his voice role in Trolls. He has a film value of negative 3.5 and a score of 36 even, which ranks him 3,003rd, along with Kevin McCarthy, Fred Armisen, and many others. Chris O'Donnell, Brooklyn Decker, one spot behind Chloris Leachman, and a spot ahead of Mel Blanc, who is a very famous voice actor himself. And James Mm -hmm. Corden does quite solid uh, as Peter Rabbit. He, I think he doesn't quite get across the emotions well enough. I think that's his biggest struggle. He kind of feels like almost tone deaf or, or emotionally tone deaf in a sense, which isn't the worst. I mean, Peter Rabbit isn't really a particularly sympathetic character most of the time, but Every once in a while, where I thought he should have been hitting a little bit more of a, a dour or downbeat, he just he didn't quite get there for me. Didn't quite get there for me. And that's it. Uh, now, there were definitely other people in this movie, including the voice of Sia, who is not currently on the spreadsheet. Um, Marianne Jean-Paptiste, Baptiste, is also not currently on the spreadsheet. But they could be at some point. They just aren't right now. Those are the actors of the film. Uh, Moving on to genre. Peter Rabbit, rated 62, coming out in 2018, is an adventure film, improving the average rating of adventure films to 53.6. It is a comedy, improving the average rating of comedies to 54.96. It is a fantasy film, improving the average rating of them to 54.45. It is a romance, improving the average rating of those to 57.31. It passes the Bechdel test quite easily, uh, especially with Peter Rabbit's sisters, and it's rated PG. It does not factor into my top 300 or IMDb's top 250. Currently not nominated for any Academy Awards. I find it highly unlikely that it will be. But at the Circle of Film Awards, which we currently... If you have checked out the website, circleoffilm.com, and looked at the 2018 Circle of Film Awards, you will notice that I'm continuing to update those as we go through. And uh, with only, what is it, 13? Yeah, 13 films seen from 2018, uh, 11 of them are nominated for something. And Peter Rabbit is nominated 16 times. So I'll go through these. It is nominated for Best Picture. It is nominated... Uh, Will Gluck for Best Director. Gleason and Corden are both nominated for Best Lead. Um, uh, Daisy Ridley, Margot Robbie, and Rose Byrne are all nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Gluck and Rob Lieber are both nominated for Best Screenplay. The Uh, I Promise You and Small As Your Dreams are both nominated for Best Original Song. It is nominated for Best Score, Best Tactile Effects, Best Special Effects, and then three times for Best Scene uh, with the Dynamite Vegetable War scene, uh, the Yoga scene, which, uh, yeah, the Yoga scene, and finally the... The yoga scene, um, there's like, I think there's actually, I guess, I guess you'll, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. The yoga scene, uh, and then the, <clears throat> I believe it's the love montage that I'm referring to in my uh, shorthand here. Let me just double check that real quick. Love montage. Yes, the love montage which is also, I think, very, very funny. So that's 16 nominations across across every single category. So all 10 categories it features in. Uh, twice in lead, three times in supporting, twice in song, and three times in scene. Yeah. that's uh, That's how weak this year's been so far. Two and a half months in, and Peter Rabbit has twice as many nominations as Mad Max Fury Road, Uh, for those of you playing at home, which had eight, and uh, would actually win eight of the ten awards (laughs) available, which is pretty staggering. So uh, I feel fine saying that now, because not only is there a good chance Peter Rabbit doesn't uh, win any of these at the end of the year, there's a good chance it's not even on the list for any of these film uh, categories at the end of the year. So that's where that is. Moving on to the year statistics uh, as a whole, it is the 13th film I've seen that came out in 2018. It is the 200, well it's not, but I've now seen 241 films uh, in the calendar year of 2018. Uh, The films released in 2018 have an average rating of 22.77, substantially lower than any other year. The average tomato meter for these films is 34.62, which is also substantially lower. Um, as an adventure film, it is the second adventure film. It is the first comedy, second fantasy film, and third romance film. With a 3 on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 46.15% of films released this year that passed the Bechtel test. As a PG movie, it is the second PG movie I've seen this year. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's that's Peter Rabbit. Like I said, it's enjoyable. It's not gonna you know it's not Paddington, but it's certainly better than many things out there. And uh, as far and for my money, it is the best 2018 film released yet. I fully expect that to change with the release of Black Panther, because Black Panther, even if it. Underwhelms me, is probably still going to be better than Peter Rabbit. So, looking forward to that. Also looking forward to Early Man, uh, not getting anywhere near the kind of buzz Black Panther is, nor that Peter Rabbit got, which I understand, but it's Aardman, uh, the makers of Chicken Run, and Wallace and Gromit, and Shaun the Sheep, and I love those products, or I love those IPs, I love those films, so I'm really excited for Early Man, and hoping to see that as well this weekend so all that being said uh thank you for listening to the statistic uh the actual statistics portion of today's episode as we now move in to the fantasy movie league update we sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights a technicolor world Week eleven is now in the books, and it was a good one, actually. Uh, I say that mostly because I came in first in this realist movie league, uh, fantasy movie league this uh, week, and uh, it was. I was pleased. Um, I, you know, the BP race was kind of figured out on Saturday evening, to be Peter Rabbit, uh, but we didn't really know what the filler was going to be until the actuals came in, and it became Two Denna Thieves, two, three I, Tanya. Unfortunately, no one in our league had that exact lineup. Uh, only three of us played three screens of Peter Rabbit. I filled that in with one post, one three billboards, and three Darkest Hour. Rybone filled it in with a post and four Itania, and Badass and Apex filled it in with one Winchester and three three billboards. All of us did very very well, scoring in between 91 and 92 million dollars, and that was good enough to lead the league. And uh, gain some ground on the people above us, or uh, separate from the people below us. In Rybone's case, as he remains number one heading into the penultimate week of the awards 2018 season, it feels like he cannot be catched. I don't know. It. it I don't think he's really. Um, uh, I just. I feel like he's in too good of a groove. He can't quite. He's not going to give up. The t- amount of like space he's given up uh, in some of the other weeks this season. So, um, for example, in week one, he ceded about eleven million dollars to the leader that to the winner of week one. seated about eighteen million to the winners of week two, and uh, since then has really, you know, with the exception of week nine, has been pretty much on top of things, uh, and. To that point, he has a $23 million lead over Rahman, who's in second place. And that is... I say it's tough, but then you kind of look at this week. So, kind of a landmark week. It is the first week with a four-day split. That being for Black Panther across the four-day weekend. President's Day weekend. So, Friday's priced at $501. Saturday at $451. Sunday, $348. And Monday at $220. Those are kind of the question marks right now. Is which day is best, um, based on the current research vault percentages? Over half of the people playing fantasy movie league right now have are playing Friday. That's interesting. Um, I, you know, you got me. I think all of them are well above the one hundred thousand dollars per FML buck. Bonus bar, and uh, they're not the only things. Uh, there are two other new movies, Early Man and Samson, which, again, aren't super well known and don't aren't expected to do well, but they have such low bars to clear that they may be good options as well. And I think you're likely going to see your best performer come from one of the six new screens available to put on your Cineplex. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, preview numbers are kind of going to tell the tale this week. Sort of. We'll see. Moving back to Cine Realist movie Realist Fantasy Movie League, um, despite such great weeks, despite such a good week for Rybone and uh, Plexi, Rahman even also came in with 88 million, uh, no one is above 90% of a perfect season right now. Rybone leads the way with 89.92, and everyone sixth and above is at least at 82%. So we're all doing quite well, but um, no one is quite at that 90% level. And that is just such a tough, tough marked to bench to mark to hit. And week nine was what really killed everybody. Really was. Since then, it has been a struggle to get back up to that level. In other news... The BP race has gotten a little bit more exciting. Plexi pulls ahead with 34 BP screens this season. Uh, one spot ahead, one above Director's Cut um, at 33, Chauvin at 31, and Rybone at 30. The record held by Rybone currently is 38 best performers in a single season. We will see if that can be tied, maybe broken. With two weeks to go, certainly doable. Uh, with all those two weeks to go, Director's Cut, Shawbin, and Rybone all have three Perfect Cineplexes this season. If any of the three of them goes back-to-back in Weeks 12 and 13, they will tie the record for most Perfect Cineplexes in one season. No, they won't. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Weeks 1. Looking at Weeks 1, we'll we'll pivot over to there. Rybone has won three weeks this season. If he wins back-to-back weeks, he will tie the record for Weeks 1 in a season at 5. Held by currently co-champions Plexi and Keel Music. Uh, there is no chance for anybody to, t- to break the record of most Perfect Cineplexes in a season, because that's held by Rhyvone with 7. So that's off the table. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that being said, uh, we do have... so. Rybone led the week, uh, led uh, led the league again at the end of this week, and that is the fifteenth week uh, in history that he has led our league, breaking his tie with Plexi myself to move alone into third place. Shalvin still holds the lead with twenty one weeks in the lead, and Keel Music with seventeen. That is definitely if he's able to win this season. It will likely also be ween- leading next week, and that would put him tied with Keel Music, not just in total weeks in the lead, but also in seasons one, uh, which would mean Keel Music only had that short-lived um, that short-lived uh, glory for one season before he was tied again, and it's certainly likely to happen a third time, fourth time, we'll see. Uh, I will say that. With the addition of some new people to the league, there definitely is a much hotter... Um, what's the word I want to use? Much more... Uh, not sure what the word is. I can't think of it. There's a much higher level of um, vitriol. Is that the word I'm looking for? I'm going to look it up because I don't think it is not exactly, it's sort of like vitriol, but I don't know, it's a much heated, is heat in the word? That's such a simple word, it's a much more heated battle at the top, I think, than it has been in recent years, Um, the more people in contention, you know, the more exciting things are, and I still wouldn't rule anybody in the top six out, especially with Black Panther, it is an incredibly, like, you know, you could completely whiff on and play the wrong day and be down 30, 40 million. Uh, this is not a movie that seems to be playing or um, working out like any other film before it, which means that there's a lot hanging in the air and it's really still anyone's game at this point. So hopefully we can see some, some movement happen. Uh, that would be fun. That would be exciting. I really... I basically I really want week thirteen to be to feel like it could be anybody's. So I want the standings to sh- get to to tighten and constrict quite a bit at the end of week twelve. And uh, that's kind of it. You know we uh, we did well. Um, I guess the last thing to mention is there's a new side game just came out uh, for the spring two thousand and eighteen season. If you're not part of it, you should check it out and join in. Uh, the Illuminati, a new super group. Uh, are running a March Madness-esque tournament. And uh, they give you a form. You just got to fill it out. I believe it's the first 256 players uh, to enter are good. And it works like normal March Madness. You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. So that's going to be it for today's update. And that's it for today's episode. I just want to thank you for staying tuned and listening and uh, doing what you do. If you would like to get in touch with me for any reason, you can email me at circleoffilm@gmail.com at gmail.com or at, on Twitter, I'm at circleoffilm. If you would like to check out the website, circlefilm.com, plenty of information over there, Circle of Film Awards and much, much more, all the other episodes. And if you would like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash circleoffilm. Thank you once again. It means so much to me. And as always, have a week. So long farewell, I'll be it in the same, good night. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she failed. Why do